As flurries of blows to ninja faces, so flow the days of our monks. Hey, I'm Candice. I'm playing Chiom Koga, a water genasi monk who is a student of the Way of the Shadows style. I'm Nick. My character's Enzo. He's a tiefling monk who is a student of the Order of the Voiceless. I'm Walker, and I'm playing Bron Wilberkins, a Goliath monk who is a student of the Winslow Wallace Falkmore School. And I'm Scott, your announcer and dungeon master. This is Days of Our Monks. In our last episode, Enzo and Geom met the enigmatic Blaze, Fire Ganassi trainer of the Astral Palace's monstrous forces. While outwardly friendly, Blaze's casual social dominance ignited a fire of jealousy within Enzo that could only be cured by the risky tiefling head desk technique. Chiom and Braun rallied to help their friend free his horned head from the tabletop, but the fires of conflict have been set alight. Can our heroes rally and represent the forces of good at the otherworldly tournament of the martial arts? The tournament room is slightly different. Uh, there are still Abyssal Durgar on either side on the Taiko drums, drumming everyone into place. It's very impressive because there are ranks of the drums higher than they can usually reach, but they use their ability to become giants to hit the higher rungs as it is necessary for the rhythm. They, they are using their size-changing abilities as performance. At the far side, uh, while it was hard to see at that distance earlier, the air in here is crisper and clearer than it was, probably being enhanced by magic. At the far side, uh, Dane Steelarm is in a throne <clears throat> at the far side. But I will take insight checks from all of you uh, as you enter and see him, because he is most prominently displayed. Oh, very nice. Eight. A 17 can be. my stinking horns out of the table, but... <laughs> There's a proverb there, I think. I just don't know it. Uh, Shio notices that he is on the other side of the room. Ron notices that there is something about him that doesn't seem quite right. You can't put your <clears throat> finger on it. And so he's not moving at all. He's not even breathing. He's not dead. You're pretty sure he's in some form of stasis. Behind him, there is a raised set of seats on which uh, sits either the Mind Flayer, uh, Blaze, or Bane, is right now. I should have called him Blaze, Dan. That's a really missed okay, opportunity. Recon. Okay, I reckon. Uh, Bane did not Blaze. Blaze Bane. Blaze. Um, Blaze. Blaine. <laughs> Bane the Blaze. Bane the Blaze. Uh, Blaze the Bane would actually be a... a, a That's his title. A, there we Blaze go. Blaze the Bane. That way you can use either one. Blaze the Bane is sitting on Aether's right side the succubus captain of the ship is sitting on the other side of uh, of Aether, the Mind Flayer. Although, Wait, she's not dressed... She's there? Yeah, she's there. She's there next to the Mind Flayer. I'm gonna look over at the Ganassi, Shiom, and back to Blaze, and then at the captain, and then back at Shiom, back to the captain. <laughs> and I'm just gonna give a sly little wink to the captain. She gives back a wink so subtly that, for a second, you, you had to replay it in your mind. 
But yeah, you're pretty sure she returned that. She's not dressed in her captain's garb, uh, but she is dressed in uh, robes befitting a combatant. Oh, okay. Behind them, there is a figure in a dark robe that is imperceivable. You can see that there's a robe there that is mostly shadows. Uh, there is light from within the robe. It is more concealing than revealing. Now, you have no idea who that is, but that would appear to be the person judging the tournament by the position relative to the combat floor. You folks line up on this side. There, there are seats, very comfortable, a little bit more comfortable than you're used to having in this kind of environment. And on either side of the tatame, or combat area, the goblins, orcs, lizard men, a couple of minotaurs, uh, some of the durgar, uh, some drow, uh, just sitting in their geese patiently. There is a sense of discipline over this floor get drummed in, it's a very clear sign you, while we're drumming you're walking and they keep going until you're all positioned in seats and they stop suddenly. The sudden silence and the coordination of the drumming is a little startling because it's going a hundred miles an hour and then all of a sudden stops. Dead silence. Aether stands up. A spell uh, allowing him to cast his voice over the entire room. Thaumaturgy, Enzo would recognize. This is the 1014th tournament for the sanctity of the dimensional barriers. It might be the last, depending on your performance. We will select you one at a time to stand on the tatame against an opponent of our choice. If you manage to defeat all of our combatants, you will face one another in combat to the second blood, to incapacitation. The winner shall determine what the fates of the dimensions will be. You will be the champion after facing Dane Steele. As for those who make it to this final conflict and do not manage to defeat Dane, and he raises his arms, and in the space between the edge of the tatame and Dane's feet, a pool, a stone pool, rises out of the ground, uh, and Aether claims, you will find yourselves in the second place. At which point, you can see the pool is full of murky brine brains connected by a thin tracery of nerve tissue and tentacular matter. Many who have achieved second place are here. Before you face Dane, you may each ask the previous runners-up one question, but you must reach that point first. Are there any questions? Silence hangs <clears throat> over the room. Dela puts a hand up. He nods towards it. So can we kill the goblins? And Aether chuckles a little bit, which makes his tentacles waver in this way that is both kind of humorous and horribly disgusting all at the same time. <laughs> Anyone you face on this 
field of combat may meet their end at your hand, whether you deliver the last blow or stay your hand is entirely up to you. Life or death in your hand in this place. Which satisfies Dale. It doesn't make her happy, but satisfies her and she sits down. And so his hand goes up and uh, either gestures to you. Yes, good tiefling. I, first of all, I think that's the first time anyone has ever called me a good tiefling. I think that's the first time anybody has used that phrase ever. I mean, no disrespect. My query is this. What, if any, is the punishment for interference in combat if you're not involved? Say, interference from outside the ring. I think a demonstration is in order to answer that very question. And thank you for bringing the matter of the rules up. He claps his bony clawed hands a couple of times. And uh, a couple of the goblins get up from either side, step to the middle of the mat, bow, and start fighting. Another goblin gets up, goes to a table off to the side of their seats, grabs a crossbow, gets in position to shoot one of the other goblins fighting in the back. As he's pulling the trigger, he bursts into flame and immolates on the spot, down to ashes, gone. You're thinking somewhere along the lines of 23 or 24 die 8 in flame damage. The two goblins complete their exhibition match, one of them managing to get the other into a submission hold and forcing him to tap. Uh, they rise, they bow, and retreat to their other sides. Uh, and a, uh, a mummy comes out with a mop and dustpan and removes the ashes of the goblin who attempted to interfere with the crossbow. Uh, Aether looks up does that answer your question, oh ambiguously good tiefling? It does, in a rather gruesome manner. No disrespect. I'm a mind flayer. I do very few things that aren't in a gruesome manner. So noted. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think I mentioned in the last episode that Enzo believes that fire can't kill a tiefling. I, I know that, you know, it's just resistance to fire damage for a tiefling, but... That's just what his father raised him to believe. But even knowing that, he's still incredibly <clears throat> intimidated. There is one person in this room that you can see at the moment, you don't think that it hurt. <laughs> Smug bastard! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I on him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Give him the lazy eye. <laughs> Enzo, they, they call your name. God's devil. <laughs> you raised your hand. <laughs> <laughs> they call your name and the name of this just monstrously big red-haired orc. Alright, so I guess I have to, like, we're doing this now, huh? That's kind of the point of a tournament, yes. <laughs> Fine. We step out in the tatami, give our opponent our respect before the battle. Yeah, he, he bows. It's, it's not a deep bow, but he bows. Well, he bows pretty deeply because he has to meet your eyes. Wow. And he's like 7'4", so... Alright, compared to my... I never picked a height for this. <laughs> well, let's see. Strength 10, what's his con? 10. 
5'11", maybe? String beam. 5'11", with the horn tips? Right. Just a little bit of horn that curves up a little bit. So, His humps. Yeah, so he's almost got two feet on you. Foot and a half. In the words of a wise master, size matters not. He he gives you the nod of understanding. He, he's, he's not looking at you like you're a punk. He's just looking at you like you've got his lower center of balance and he's got to be careful. <laughs> Aw, that's <was> nice. <laughs> Throws off the top of his gi. You seem he, like a good man. I hate to kill you. You seem like... I would say a good tiefling, but you got a problem with that, so you look like a tiefling. I I, I hate to kill you. Alright. Initiative. The gong goes off. I was rolling 24d8 just to see what the- <laughs> 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 It was 114. Uh, you have him by one. Hey. Okay. Wow, I haven't done any combat with a monk before, so it's like... Samesies! I'm reading up on it right now. actually, like, look at what I can do. <clears throat> uh, feel free, re- research your options. This is a learning time. You, you feel free to take all the time that you need to work your stuff out. Ron, hmm? do you think he'll be okay? I certainly believe so. We're from the same place as him. We should probably cheer him on and turn the computer back on. <laughs> <laughs> Back, that was smooth. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how long it took him to. There was like this little like ticker in his in his face. What? Oh, um, I was I was having the little like conversation between Chium and uh, Rom, and during it, the computer screen shut off. So I just added on to what I was already saying that. You know, we need to turn the computer back on. And Walker took a little bit to get it because I, I had to work it in so perfectly in the mm-hmm. sentence. Like, he, was, he, was, he was like, yes, okay, you said a thing. Wait, that didn't compute. Wait. Oh! And it was just really great. It was just, I got to see the whole process. <laughs> so I'm going to go in barefisted with my first straight attack roll, uh, just attempting a... Uh, High kick. Oh, nice. We're gonna start airborne since this guy's tall. 18. That is exactly what you needed to hit him. Oh boy, okay. Six damage. Okay. And then we're gonna spend a key point to do flurry of blows. Nice. So the first unarmed strike is going to be a sweeping leg kick now that we've gotten a high kick. And he's gonna have to, uh, let's, if it hits, he's gonna have to succeed on a dexterity saving throw or be knocked prone. What's your uh, DC? Well, the attack's not going to hit. So since that didn't hit, the last attack from my flurry of blows will just be a simple double-fisted strike to the center of mass, which also does not hit. Okay. So Enza moves in high and just t- takes a turn trying to buy real estate. Hits him high, goes for a couple of lower shots, and, and you know, connects up high and doesn't make it anywhere else. The, the orc still gets a little staggered, uh, takes a heel to the nose and is not happy about it. And is going to come in and start with a straight right to Enzo's face. Because he kind of didn't like getting kicked in the face. That's a 23. I, I, yep, that's going to hit the face. Although my face does have horns on it. It does, but at the moment. (laughs) Um, Oh, jeez. He maxes damage. Oh, dear. He is a monk, he is an orc, and he has a tavern brawler feet. So, um... 
He clocks you to the tune of 10 points of damage across the face. Does tavern uh, brawlers stack on the monk martial arts? Yes. Hmm. I did not know that. Uh, and if it didn't before, it does for this game. Hmm. Because uh, there's just got to be a way to, to deliver that much damage. Kung Fu is awesome. <laughs> so if you've got tavern brawler and uh, are a monk doing the unarmed, uh, you're doing a D6. As this orc clearly is. And uh, he will also burn a key point for Flurry. Well, because he also is a monk. And he is just going to try and move into your bread basket. Just swinging clean for, for your center mass. An 11. Nope. And another 11. Alright. We both just can't seem to land the Flurry. Huh? Nah, so, so <laughs> you, you, you both go in, you start out strong, and then you uh, burst into Flurries. So, uh, Enzo seems to be holding his own uh, at the after after the first turn. I used my minor illusion to make a little banner for Enzo. It float above Ron <clears throat> and me. Enzo, remember the cake. Push past your limits. You know you can do it. You demonstrated that to us all. Us ultra. Sorry. It had to be said. In the, you know, in the heat of the moment, it's actually kind of inspiring. <laughs> Especially with, like, the banner that says, uh, has a haiku about Enzo winning. You don't have time to read the whole haiku, but... No, he, no. He, he, sees, he sees the banner with his name on it, and... Yep. But it had to be a haiku. It's well, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're up, Enzo. Okay. With, with the anime uh, timing of the cheers in your background. Okay, um, once again, I guess we're just going to go in for the unarmed combat. So if he wants to play, you know, if we're doing more blows to the face, that seemed to work. So once again, just going to try and vault up and get a good... This time he's just going to try and, uh, Hadouken! (laughs) (laughs) You, You certainly tried to, but you failed to connect completely. Okay, I'm going to burn another key point then to do Flurry of Blows. Okay. Critical failure. Oh, no. Oh, dear. And a 14. Okay, for your critical failure, you step forward and drive into the end of his fist with your punishing forehead. My headbutt his fist. Um, succeeding in doing a clean D4 to yourself. I will let you roll that. Because it is your damage after all. Oh! <laughs> you score four more points. Even the luck of the dice is picking on you. However, you do that, and he yells, pulling back a bleeding fist, because you did manage to puncture his hand. His ability to flurry has been impaired. So he's not going to flurry this turn, but he's going to try and let you have it. One, not in the face, because apparently your face hurts. So, center ass rolls worse than he did last time. Misses clean, distracted by the pain. So, Enzo's actually, somehow, that was either horribly accidental or, en- or Enzo learned the lesson of the table this morning. Failing upward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, you have not done as much damage to him as, as he has done to you, just not as much as you have done to you. Uh, <laughs> so, guess what? I totally forgotten that I have extra attack, so I could have been attacking four times. <laughs> uh, yeah. You've got an opening because he is 
he's off balance at the moment. His armor class is reduced to 17. Go in. I, I wish that Thaumaturgy could flare up at this point, but he's not going to waste an action on that. He's just going to go in yelling. This time with, I guess if we're going with the Street Fighter style, what's the spinning kick? I do not remember the name of the attack. But you know the one I'm talking I about. I know the one you're talking about. Hopefully the audience does too. First one. Miss. Oh my god! Natural success! Uh, so, your, your maximum damage plus a damage roll, please. Nine damage. Okay. And then we're gonna just continue burning key points here for another flurry of blows and see if we can land some luck with this one. Go for it. Oh, nice. And this one, he's gonna have to succeed on a dexterity saving throw or fall prone. The DC is... Okay, so it would be 15. Oh, okay. He does not make that. Okay. So you knock him prone. And the last flurry of blows attack. That should give me damage to that one, too. Oh, yes. Six damage. Ouch. Ow. And the last one. We'll hit. I, I, oh, did, tell you, okay. I did tell you his armor class is reduced to 17 for this round because he's off. Okay. But He is close to out. You have battered him badly. Um... He needs to take his action to get back to his feet this turn, which is what he does. <clears throat> he gets up. He is not, he's not looking too steady, but he's back on his game. Uh, and you are up again. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, the joy of knocking your opponent prone. And Endo just no. suddenly takes control of this fight in a, uh, in, in a st stunningly un-Enzo-like fashion. He has demonstrated where, <laughs> where the competence is at. Okay. I knew it was within him all along. <laughs> okay. Um, then I guess we're going to just do another... It's a haiku and claps. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have some rhythm to it, though. Okay. Uh, to attempt a stunning strike. Oh, nice. Find himself yet more time. So it's a constitution saving throw on that one. And I believe the DC... Yeah, key save DC is 8 plus proficiency plus wisdom. Uh, okay. Not yeah. dexterity. So my, so my difficulty check is actually going to be... Oh, jeez. Math, don't fail me now. 14. Okay. Yeah. No, that's wrong die. You knock him clean out. Alright. He is, he is down, and, you know, everyone is looking at you because he's down. He's not moving. You got a turn where he is helpless. Okay. Um, is, he, is he unconscious? Oh, yeah, he is out. You know, he might get back up in a minute, in, in, in a few seconds, but... They're ready to ring the gong. You've got a decision to make. He showed much respect at the beginning of the fight. I leave him his life. Bill Gongs, fight is called for Enzo. Am I able to get the crowd to join my <clears throat> coup? Uh, give, your, give me a performance check. Okay. 
Ten. You get a few people. Okay. Join in. Yeah. I do it, but not well. Yeah. Okay. That works. Yay. So yeah. Uh, Blood from my nose. <laughs> everyone in the seat stands up, bows to you. They come and carry the orc off. You know, he starts to wake up as he as they carry him off, but they're taking him to recover or whatnot. And you are welcome to go back to your seat. I'll do that. Okay. I'm just going to tear a little strip of cloth and stuff it up my nostrils. As you sit down, Chiom hands you a cloth, like a, a handkerchief. It's got like uh, a little bit of like. My blood. The offer is very kind. You rebuke my gift. No. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> he's gonna like tie it around his arm. There we go. Okay. <laughs> They take a moment to brush off the tatami, and then they call for brawn. And now, a word from our sponsor. Oh my, these vast and sumptuous meals have left my tabby with food stains I have never encountered before. My temple teaches us that ketchup is one of the four food groups, and even I have never mastered its removal from textiles. Tomato-based sauces are a form of treachery all their own, I fear. I'll never replace these in time. It's impossible to find proper footwear in my size. While ketchup, mustard, and gojujon have performed a sneak attack upon your odd toe socks for maximum damage, friend Chiom. They can all be defeated by the power of opera soap. Of course, opera soap. My footwear is saved, and my toe socks are not odd. Thank you, opera soap. Yes, opera soap. Formulated to remove stains created by sauces from any culture in the multiverse. That is not dead which can eternal lie, and with strange eons, even death may die. Thank you for listening. If you like this and want more, you can find us at thelairaction.com. <laughs>